Well, it is cold outside. It's a little warmer inside. And the good news is the pipes aren't frozen. So we're very grateful for that. Yes. we got a couple other matters to take care of this week. So sorry for any inconvenience, especially ladies. But we will, we will get this worked out uh, for sure. Uh, a bittersweet moment. Uh, uh, Mark's brother, Greg, uh, went under uh, the knife for open heart surgery at... Uh, 9:10 this morning. So I'm sure they're in the middle of that right now. And your prayers as the Spirit brings that to your heart uh, right now and through the day, let's remember that. And I also just received word that the family wants you to be aware of, uh, Ethan's family, Ethan Hare's family, wants you to be aware of something that's going on with them right now. Uh, Ethan's mother, Gretchen, which is also Connor's mother and Meredith's mother and, and, uh, and Eliza and the little guy. Owen. Yeah, say it loud. Owen. Owen. Owen, Eliza and Owen. Forgive me, Owen. Uh, their mother has been moved to the hospice uh, building over next to Washington Regional. And uh, uh, time is short, and the family is dealing with this. And... If you want to get more details, you can talk to Ethan and Emmy, but uh, they've kept it private until just a little bit ago, and they said, we got to have the church family knowing about this, and please pray. So let's just begin our service. Father, we are thankful that we get to meet in a warm facility when it's so cold outside, and our hearts are uh, different places today. Uh, we're with our brother Greg and, and his uh, successful surgery, and we ask that you would bring comfort to Mark and Danielle and the extended family, especially Greg's wife and boys and all of their grands and all of their crew. And we're asking for your blessing in the name of Jesus. And we ask for a special blessing over Gretchen's family as they deal with this process, a natural process in life. I loved the songs. I couldn't help, Father, but sing them through the situations this morning. Uh, with you, we don't move from life to death. We move from death to life uh, because your grace has rewritten our story. And that's where our confidence lies. It lies in you. That doesn't mean we don't grieve, though, Father. So while the family grieves and while things are hanging in the balances, we just ask for your blanket of peace and comfort to be with all involved. Bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so to all of you in-house in house and online, you're welcome. I may have told you the story before about the two brothers that lived on adjoining farms, and they had a deep quarrel. It wasn't always that way. At one time, they shared resources and would lend a helping hand one to the other. But all of that came to an abrupt stop over a pretty striking difference. And what was left in their relationship was bitterness and resentment. Well, one day a carpenter happened to come by one of the brothers' house. He said he was looking for work, and that brother said, as a matter of fact, I've just got the thing just for you. 
And he took him out to where the two properties met, and he showed him where his brother had taken a bulldozer and plowed a big, huge trench to make a river right through a beautiful meadow that the boys shared, their property lines shared all those years. And the brother said, I know my brother did this to make me angry, and I I want you to help me to get even with him. I want you to build a fence right there so I never have to see his property, and I definitely never have to see him. So the carpenter agreed, and he went to work, and he worked hard all day. Well, that night when he reported back to the brother who had hired him, the brother came out to see his work, and there was no fence. And the carpenter had used his skills to build this beautiful bridge over that creek. And just when that brother who had hired him was about to lay into that carpenter, he noticed that his second brother was standing in the middle of that bridge with tears down his eyes saying, come to me, my brother. And they came together and they hugged on that bridge. And they decided... And they looked over and they saw that the carpenter was packing up his tools and getting ready to move on. And the brother said, no, 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 you can't, you can't move on. We've, we've got other things we need you to do for us. And that carpenter said, well, I'm sorry, but I've got other bridges to build. It's the power of reconciliation. This is quite a word in Scripture. In fact, the definition of this word uses not one, not two, but three different Greek words, giving us all of these different angles on what this word actually means. And I've written down a lot of it, and I'm going to try to just quickly go through a bunch of, of the different sides of, of points of view of this word. Listen, a change on the part of one party induced by the action on the part of another. A change from enmity to friendship. To leave no room for impediment as to unity and peace. When it comes to unity and peace, we're clearing the path. We're moving all the obstacles. That's the goal. Reconcile. To win over to friendliness. To come uh, to... I can't read my writing. Oh, oh, it's to settle a quarrel. Comp- uh, uh, settle a quarrel or differences to bring into argue, to bring into agreement or harmony. The separation between two or more parties has been defined, and 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 now has been diffused, bringing everyone back together to totally, thoroughly, and completely change one's state and standing from enemy to friend. This is the last part: a broken relationship mended. Peace after war. Intimacy replacing estrangement. And I'm guessing you already know where the power of this begins. Of course. It begins with our creator. He's he's the one that embodies reconciliation. In his written word in the Bible, there is a passage of just five verses. And in those five verses, this word is used five times. And I think it's important to see, a little foreshadowing here, it's important to see that reconciliation must first be received in order to then be passed on. So look at the passage. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, this is 1 Corinthians 5, beginning with 17. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. 
The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. There's the second time. That God was reconciling, third time, the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Now, nowhere in all of Scripture does it, do we find that the human being reconciles himself to God. It's just the opposite in every case. God reconciles the human being to himself. And this is such a miracle. In Christ, we've been made into a new creature, not a rebuilt human being, not a restored human being, not a refurbished human being. In Christ, you are a completely new person. Now, we have to take this in faith right now because, because right now, all of us are still in that caterpillar form. <laughs> the butterflies haven't broke out yet. So we're, we're all in this. We take it by not on what we can see, but what we can't see. There's the evidence. The evidence is, our, is in our faith. The truth is that in Christ, the essence of our being has already been transformed, and one day it will be fully revealed. Look at this from 1 Corinthians 15. This is the message. We all are going to be changed. You hear a blast to end all blasts from a trumpet, and in the time that you look up and blink your eyes, it's over. On signal from that trumpet from heaven, the dead will be up and out of the graves, beyond the reach of death, never to die again. At the same moment, and in the same way, we all will be changed in the resurrection scheme of things. This has to happen. Everything perishable taken off the shelves and replaced by the imperishable. This mortal replaced by the immortal. For everyone in Christ... That transformation has already occurred, and at Christ's return, it will be fully revealed. In Christ, God has made reconciliation to himself available to the human being. It's ours for the taking, but it has to be taken. A childhood accident caused poet Elizabeth Barrett to lead a life of semi-invalid before she married Robert Browning in 1846. But there's more to her story. In her youth, Elizabeth had been watched over by her tyrannical father. And when she and Robert Browning, her husband-to-be, when they married, their wedding was held in secret because of her father's disapproval. After the wedding, the Brownings sailed for Italy where they lived the rest of their lives. But even though her parents disowned her, Elizabeth never gave up on the relationship, and almost weekly she wrote them letters. Never did they reply. After 10 years, she received this large box in the mail containing all of her letters. 
Not one of them opened. Not one. Today, those letters are among some of the most beautiful uh, classical English literature ever written. Had her parents read only a few of them, their relationship with Elizabeth might have been reconciled. Elizabeth didn't do her parents wrong, yet she was the one who initiated the reconciliation. But that's the deal here. Reconciliation always is a two-way street. There is an initiator and there is a receiver. They have to both work in harmony. And after the miracle of God reconciling the human being to himself, this is when it gets kind of interesting in this text. That ministry and message of reconciliation is then passed on to us to be spread. Look again at the, at the text, 2 Corinthians 5, 18. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ and counting people's sins and not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the ministry of reconciliation. So, Upon receiving reconciliation, it now becomes our message and ministry. It is God's plan for us to move from the reconciled to the reconciler, <laughs> if I could make up a word. God's word is really clear. We are to be reconciler ambassadors, reconciler representatives, reconciler agents. God fixed our broken relationship with him, and now he wants us to fix our broken relationship with others and to share that message that God's reconciliation is available. We share the message, and we act out the ministry. Imagine for a moment that an IRS agent found out that you have never paid your taxes and you've never filed a return. Okay, there's a panic attack right there. And at the same time, the CEO of Walmart contacts you offering you a job of $2 million a year to oversee all their charitable contributions. Well, you're nervous because that, that's a dream job. Uh, but he doesn't know about the IRS. But the CEO from Walmart comes over and he sits down with you and he says, listen, I really need you to run this special foundation. I already know about the audit and I know about your past. I know what the IRS wants to do to you and you're just sweating bullets. I want you not to worry about any of that. Our lawyers have it all in hand. Our accountants have filled out the correct paperwork. I have already paid back all your back taxes and penalties. This is how much I want you to be in charge of our charities. Okay, now that, that's a preacher story, if, there, if you ever heard a preacher story, right? I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. You'd sooner win the trillion-dollar lottery, right? This scenario, this scenario doesn't even compare with God's offer. It, it doesn't think about God says... I'm going to forgive your sins. I'm going to give you an indestructible body, and I'm going to give you everlasting life. That or two million? I'm going with God's package, thanks. It's not, it's not a choice. 
And Jesus made it evident where the reconciliation is to start in our lives. Look what he said. This is Matthew 5, 23. Therefore, if you're offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. You realize what this is saying? Being right with your brother or sister who has something against with you is more important than worship. Jesus goes on later in Matthew 18, 15, says, If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. Don't share it with anybody else. That would be gossip. And if they listen to you, then you've won them over. And if they don't listen to you, then it gives you other instructions. But the point is this. Whether I have been sinned against or I have sinned against someone, in both cases, who's the one that's to go to try to initiate the reconciliation? The one who has received reconciliation. That's why it's our ministry. We've received the message, and whether we've done somebody wrong or somebody's done wrong against us, we're the initiators now. That's what we do, whether we're at fault or they're at fault. I make things right. That's the goal. Now, Does this always happen? No. No, it doesn't always happen. Does does everyone always receive God's reconciliation offer? No. But that's our goal. Years back, there was a third baseman for the Boston Red Sox. Some of you might recognize this name. His name was Wade Boggs. Remember that name? He loved playing baseball, but he hated playing in Yankee Stadium. And it wasn't because he didn't like the Yankees. It was because of a specific Yankee fan. This guy had a season ticket for a seat that was just right next to third base. And whenever the Boston Red Sox would come to town, this guy would hurl obscenities and insults at Boggs through the whole game. And and one game, after this had gone over, gone on over and over again, well, Boggs, he just had enough. And so he walked over to the guy who he thought it was, and he pointed out and he said, are you the guy that keeps yelling at me? And the man said, yeah, what are you going to do about it? And Boggs said, well, he didn't say anything. He pulled out a brand-new baseball out of his hip pocket, and he signed his signature on it, and he flipped it to the guy, and then he walked out and he finished his pregame routine. You know what happened? (laughs) That man never yelled at Boggs again. In fact, he became one of Boggs' biggest fans at Yankee Stadium every time they came. Reconciliation releases a power that changes the world. A medical doctor once told of one of his patients who had developed cancer. And he explained how she had grown up in an abusive, alcoholic family and had only bitterness for her folks. The doctor said, though, when she discovered that she had cancer, she had a change inside of her. And she decided to become different in her attitude toward her folks and try to show them love in spite of the harm that they had given her. And at one point, this daughter even moved her mother into her home 
And every morning, as the young daughter would go off to work, she would simply just say to her mother that she loved her. And her mother never responded, never answered. Well, this went on for about three months. And one morning, the daughter was in a rush, and she was late for work, and she just hurried out the front door, and her mother came to the front door and opened it and yelled out after her right before she was getting into her car, you forgot something. And the daughter said, what? And the mother said, you forgot to say I love you. And at that point, the daughter realized, oh, this is breakthrough stuff. And she dropped her things and she went back and they embraced. Reconciliation releases a power that changes the world. Father, you've reconciled us. You've made us right with you. And we aren't to hoard that. That's not to be selfishly hidden away. That's to be shared. Especially to people who we have done wrong or who have done us wrong. And this song of rescue that we're about to sing, we just pray this for all of the people that they might receive reconciliation from us, but more importantly, they will be aware of your reconciliation, of your forgiveness, of your offer of an indestructible life of your extension of everlasting eternity. Hear us, Father, as we sing. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand together, body.